SAFM Sport On. Okay, we're going to talk Andy Ruiz, uh, Joshua next with Boxing Social. But before that, uh, with Michael Monterio, um, ap- apologies, um, a writer for The Ring Magazine, of course, and The Boxing Monthly Mag. But before that, let's play this interview of Andy Ruiz's father speaking to Boxing Social after his loss to Anthony Joshua. And how's this? Hi. Andy, Andy thought that he was going to make good in that way. I was telling Andy about a month ago, you're not going to be doing with the weight. If you overweight, it's going to be too hard because you're going to get tired. You're not going to have the, the movement. And, and, and you have to lose the weight. He lost the weight in a couple... Uh, it was like a month ago, but he come over overweight. That was the problem. He come overweight. It was too much weight that he had in his body. Like, he weighed 282. Plus, after he ate, he was almost 290-something. Uh, so, there's no way that he was going to do something good. And I've been telling him. So, now he learned his lesson. And he's going to come back. And uh, not, Because all the fights that Andy did in his career... He was 255, 257, uh, 246, but he, the last time that he fought 268, he felt comfortable, but I told him, you have to lose weight, because that, in that time, we didn't got enough time to lose the weight. That was he fought in that way. What was it that he put on that extra, just over a stone? What? Why did he do that? Because he mentioned in a press conference he didn't listen to you, he didn't listen to Manny Robles, his trainer. What was he not listening to? What was he doing outside of boxing? He was not listening because he was, uh, you know, the fame. The fame came. He was with uh, Rolls Royce. He was with his friend. He was uh, throwing parties, not listening to the, to the camp. He was running by himself. Uh, he don't. We rent a house in Manhattan Beach. That, uh, and that way he can come with us and stay in the house. He didn't want to stay with us. He was staying with his friend and tried to run by himself. It was a worse camp that he been doing. And, and I don't think nothing about AJ. He's a good boxer, a great person. We love AJ, and he. Okay, so those are the comments of Andy Ruiz's father. How's that? Not mincing his words. Uh, Michael Monterio joins us on the line. Michael, good evening from us in South Africa. Thank you for finding time to speak to us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a real honor for me. Thank you, Michael. Before we, we, we get reaction on what the father had to say, firstly, what did you make of the fight? Because some people say it didn't live up to its billing. I think it was the, the perfect game plan for Anthony Joshua. You know, I've been saying for a while on, on my podcast, The Neutral Corner, that I thought Joshua was going to win the rematch. And I thought he was just a better boxer. He had more levels, more dimensions. And he showed that because in the first fight, I think he got a little lazy. People forget that Andy Ruiz was a last-second replacement. Mm. So Joshua was preparing for Jarrell Big Baby Miller. He tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. And then in the last minute, Andy Ruiz came in. So I think it was a combination of Anthony Joshua not being fully prepared for Ruiz, taking him a little bit lightly, and then fighting sloppy. You know, early in that first fight, he dropped Ruiz. So he was winning the fight, Anthony Joshua was, pretty pretty clearly. And then he just got lazy, and he got caught with a shot that concussed him. He was not able to recover. Well, in the rematch, he showed that he could stay uh, behind his jab, 
box fundamentally, and I thought it was a great technical performance from Joshua. Now, was it the most exciting fight? Of course not, but he needed to win and make a statement in this fight, and I thought he did that. I thought he won. You could argue he won all 12 rounds. Mm -hmm. I gave him 11 of the 12 rounds. I scored at 119-109 for A.J. as one of the judges, Steve Gray, also did. It was a dominant performance, and for Ruiz, a lot of people were surprised at his weight, that he came in so heavy. I have to say, you know, I I wasn't very surprised. I came up in the Los Angeles boxing beat, the greater Los Angeles area, Southern California, where, uh, where Ruiz trains and lives, and this is who he is. He's always been an inconsistent guy. He's had issues with multiple trainers over the years that have uh, been disappointed with his lack of discipline in camp, and especially in between fights where he blows up in weight. So honestly, what we saw, in my opinion, last Saturday in Saudi Arabia was how the first fight should have looked. And I think this was a great learning lesson for Anthony Joshua to take with him as he moves forward. So with Ruiz, basically then, are you saying that it's not because of the newfound fame, it's just the way that, that he's been? Well, it's, it's probably a combination of both. I mean, look, this guy, Andy Ruiz, went from a relatively unknown boxer. I mean, he was known by boxing diehards, of course, mm. diehard fans. But casual fans didn't know who Andy Ruiz was. He went from a guy that suddenly, you know, he was just known by boxing diehards. And overnight, he's being invited to meet politicians in Mexico. He's uh, in parades in Mexico. He's meeting celebrities all over. He's doing, uh, here in the United States, he did the Joe Rogan podcast, which is the, the biggest podcast we have over here. Millions of people listen to that podcast every week. He was doing interviews and functions all over the place. So that definitely had an effect. But for those of us in the boxing industry who know Andy and have known him for years, we knew that... You know, people change, but they don't change overnight. Mm. And he has a habit of blowing up in weight and getting lazy in between fights. So it was probably a combination of both of those things. And he did admit after the fight that he didn't train well, that he was overweight for the fight. I mean, is that, is that, is, he said he doesn't want to make excuses, but surely those are the two worst excuses you can make for the defense of your titles. Yeah, you said it best. I mean, the week of the fight, he kept telling everybody, you know, I, this has been a great camp, and I feel really good. And then people were shocked at the weigh-in when he came in over a stone more than he was for the first fight. He's 15 pounds heavier. And he said, oh, you know, I, he was wearing a sombrero and a shirt at the weigh-in. He said, oh, I was wearing a sombrero. I just kind of had excuses. And he said, I had a big deal before the weigh-in. No, it's, you know, there's no problem here. I'm fine. I'm in great shape. And then two minutes after the fight. In fact, during Anthony Joshua's in-ring interview with the Sky Sports team, uh, Andrew Ruiz kind of jumped in and said, you know, hey, you know, I I want a third fight. That's the first thing he said. He wants a third fight, which I feel he doesn't deserve, and I think most fans agree with me. And then he said, like like you said, numerous excuses about his weight, the lackluster training camp. He said he basically trained himself. I thought that was disrespectful to Manny Robles, who is a very good trainer, one of Mm. the best trainers in the sport. He was right next to him when he said that. This is 100% on Andy Ruiz. But I have to add this. Even a fully in-conditioned, perfectly conditioned Andy Ruiz, I still think Anthony Joshua is just a better fighter. 
Anthony Joshua is no less than the third best heavyweight in the world right now. He may be the best heavyweight. I think he has the best resume in the division right now. Mm. And we just saw two fighters on two different levels Saturday night. I think that Anthony Joshua fought the perfect fight, and he will learn from this and only get better. Andy Ruiz, probably, in my opinion, he struck lightning in a bottle in that first fight. And I don't know if he's ever going to reach those heights again. Mm. And and on that note, I mean, how much did that excess weight affect his movements and combinations, Andy Ruiz, because he's known for his combinations? Well, of course it had an effect. I mean, Andy Ruiz has very, very fast hands. And more than having fast hands, he has very fluid hands. He punches in combination very well. But his feet have never moved very quickly. He's a little flat-footed. He's a little plotted. He's always fought that way. What Andy Ruiz is successful at is punching in combination in close quarters. The difference in this fight is that Anthony Joshua never really gave him those opportunities. Anthony Joshua maintained his distance fighting behind the jab. Anytime they got close, he tied Ruiz up. That may have frustrated some fans, but that is the smartest thing Anthony Joshua could have done. He spent a lot of time before this fight uh, talking with former heavyweight champion Vladimir Klitschko. And mm. Those two had an outstanding fight a few years ago. And Klitschko had some bad losses in his career, but was able to rebound from that and be a dominant champion. And I think Joshua uh, took a page from Vladimir Klitschko in his rematch with Ruiz. On that note, I heard that Klitschko actually told him that he looks like a, a weightlifter instead of, of, of a boxer. Is that true? And is that why he looks so lean and mean, AJ, on, on Saturday night? Yes, I completely agree. And in fact, it's funny that Vladimir said that because his former trainer, the late, great Emmanuel Stewart, my favorite trainer in the history of boxing, he said the same thing to Klitschko when they first started working together. If you look back at Vladimir Klitschko when he was young and really knocking a lot of guys out, there were so many similarities to to what Anthony Joshua has been doing early on and what Vladimir Klitschko was doing early on. He was very bulky, very muscular, and relying on power to win fights, not necessarily boxing. Mm. And when Emmanuel Stewart got with uh, Klitschko, he said, we need to put down the weights and we need to start boxing. And they started doing boxing-only drills and uh, working on his agility, his spacing, his movement, his footwork, his rhythm, all of those sorts of things which paid dividends for Klitschko later on in his career. That's exactly what Anthony Joshua worked on in this camp. He lost 10 pounds of muscle. Now think about that because Anthony Joshua is a physical specimen, right? He barely has any fat on him. So for him to lose 10 pounds in six months, that's 10 pounds of muscle, not fat. And he did it the right way. He didn't make many changes to his diet or anything. He changed his workout routine. He stopped lifting weights. Weights are bad for boxers. It's one of the worst things you could do, particularly with your upper body because you need to have that fluidity. And that's something that Ruiz showed in the first fight, right? Mm. Well, it was Joshua who looked more fluid in this fight because he trained like a boxer. And I think that's, good. that's the way he's going to take it going forward. For those just joining us, we are catching up with uh, Michael Montero, writer for The Ring magazine, Boxing Monthly magazine, also with the podcast there, uh, The Neutral Corner, as you had. We're just getting his thoughts on Ruiz, uh, Joshua, uh, too, and he believes it was a clinical and disciplined and professional performance from Anthony Joshua. We'll just take a quick break and we'll continue after this.
On Twitter, Nazim says, I agree with Andy Ruiz's father. He must lose weight. He must stop partying. Otherwise, he's a good boxer. Maybe he needs to change a trainer's. On that note, Michael, then, what would be next for Andy Ruiz now? You said you don't think that trilogy that, trilogy that he's calling for is possible. No, I don't think so. I don't know if the, the public demand will be there because his performance was so poor in the rematch. I think he needs to get back in the win column. So I think the best thing that he could do is get right back in the ring. Inactivity is, is, is bad for Andrew Williams. He needs to get right back in the ring in early 2020 uh, against one of the – he's with PBC, Premier Boxing Champion, so he probably should get in the ring with one of their heavyweights and uh, maybe February, somewhere in there, and get a win, get a couple of wins, and then maybe we could talk about a third fight with Anthony Joshua. Joshua has mandatories to take care of now for his title, so he has mandatory obligations he has to fulfill. So I don't see a third fight happening anytime soon. Did did Ruiz blow a massive opportunity here like Andre Ward tweeted after the fight, or like you said, he had no chance? I mean, it depends how you look at it. Me personally, he obviously had a chance, but I I just think Anthony Joshua is the superior fighter. Mm. However... He did blow a massive opportunity in the respect that he came in so heavy. I mean, he was 262 for a fight early this year, 268 for the first Joshua fight, 283 for the rematch. This was the biggest fight of his career. It it couldn't get any bigger than this. And if he did win this fight, if he did win, he would have been probably the financial A-side in a potential unification match with Deontay Wilder, or Tyson Fury, those two are actually going to rematch in February. But the winner between that fight, if Andy Ruiz beat Joshua, he would have been lined up for a unification fight with that fighter. And like I said, he probably would have been the financial A side because of the demographics involved. He blew a massive opportunity that could have potentially given him tens of millions of dollars. And finally, before we speak to Frank Warren, Michael, while we have you on the line, there was a lot of excitement here in South Africa when Floyd Mayweather tweeted that he could be coming out of retirement next year. How has the reaction been that side? And has it been confirmed whether it's in the boxing ring or it's going to be in UFC? Nothing's been confirmed. It's always difficult to tell with Floyd Mayweather. One of the things that he's just an absolute genius at is keeping people guessing. And over the years, I've tried to predict what his next move is going to be. I'm almost <laughs> always wrong, so I don't even want to try to here. Uh, Floyd's definitely going to come back because he loves the the atmosphere, the attention. Uh, of course, he loves the money. That's his nickname. <laughs> uh, he's going to make a lot more of that. But I definitely think he's going to be involved with the sport for years to come. He's a promoter now promoting a young, exciting fighter, Javante Davis, who's fighting in a couple weeks here in the United States. Uh, So he's definitely going to come back and fight, though. And I think that it's possible, if I had to guess, and again, I've been incorrect multiple times in recent years, but if I had to guess, it's probably going to be some sort of exhibition match, and maybe UFC will be involved, because I know that he's been talking with Dana White, Mm -hmm. who is involved with UFC still, even though he sold it. Uh, so I think that that's probably what you're going to see, some sort of hybrid type of fight, maybe. Not not the same thing we saw against Conor McGregor, but something in that realm. Okay, great stuff, Michael. Thank you very much for joining us here in South Africa and for your wonderful insight. How do people find you online? 
Uh, thank you for having me on once again, and uh, we should do it again. That would be great. Uh, but, yes, people could find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, everything. The handle is Montero on Boxing. And please check out my podcast. It's called The Neutral Corner every Monday and Thursday night, and it's the video version is live on YouTube on my channel, but you can find the audio version anywhere podcasts are found. Awesome stuff, Michael. Thanks again for speaking to us here in South Africa. And on that note, uh, let's uh, go all the way to the UK. I think.